Hey, beautiful, multidimensional, bright, shining, heart-centered soul fam. Welcome to today's Ceremony Circle podcast journey. For anyone new to the show, I am your host, shaman, and author of the best-selling book, Animal Power, Allison Charles. And I want to let you know that we are now entering into the closing episodes that close out an epic season two of Ceremony Circle. I want to thank each and every one of you for saying yes to your own expansion and sitting by the fire with us for every episode. Your presence and magic are felt, and it's precisely in that space of leaning into our own evolution and inner work that we can be of greatest service for this planet and all of the worlds beyond. So thank you for being with me for two potent seasons of Ceremony Circle. And in these last few episodes of season two, I decided to bring unique medicine ways in. You'll either be entering into a space now where you'll actually hear me being interviewed on other amazing podcasts, or you'll be graced with a weekly divination card reading episode from my Animal Power card deck, which is officially released August 16th. I am so proud of it, so excited for you to experience it. And if you already have my best-selling Animal Power book, know that this Animal Power deck is the perfect companion for it. I actually designed it that way, so I cannot wait to hear about the magic that happens for you when you work with both of them together. All right, well, it is good to switch things up every now and again. So with all my heart, I hope you enjoy this momentary change of pace for these last few episodes of season two so that we can all gather together and bring in some new energies into the Ceremony Circle space starting in September when we'll be back with our fiery season three. It's gonna be our best yet. So until then, you're now entering into another dimension. So kick back, enjoy today's episode, and I'll see you on the other side. You know, there there can be an easy pull into the external, into the material, into all the illusion of all the stuff and things. Um, but truly, if you want to live the most miracle-filled, mind-blowing, awe-inducing, multifaceted, spirit-connected, holy shit, is this really my life? This is incredible kind of life. It's it's the heart centered heart led life because in the center of our heart is where our highest intelligence and most potent intuition lives and when you are connected in there and living from that place like all is always all well when you're living from there What's up, guys, and welcome to another Mind and Heart opening episode on Just Tap In. I'm your host, Emilio, and in today's conversation, we are introducing someone who has lived many lifetimes in one. From being a national champion athlete, top-rated radio host, and national daytime television talk show host, she then aligned with her calling as an internationally renowned shaman after a traumatic moment provided her awakening. Allison Charles's shamanic medicine and calling works directly with the wisdom of Great Mother Earth and Great Spirit, where the name she was instructed to use, Rockstar Shaman, comes from. 
through her top-rated online courses and podcasts. She empowers people to unlock their spiritual gifts, and her strong media presence has taken sacred shamanic messages to places it has never seen before in the mainstream culture, including companies such as the New York Times, National Geographic, and Pop Sugar. She made history by becoming the first person to ever perform on stage in the 25-year history of the HBO Film Festival, where she guided a shamanic journey for over 10,000 people. Her best-selling book, Animal Power, is now available with the intention of helping you connect with your guides in the animal kingdom. To keep getting exposed to the world's greatest teachers and expand your consciousness, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you like this conversation, share it with a friend, share it with your group to keep these conversations alive and thriving. Now, get ready for an expansive podcast with the woman who Forbes has called a leading shaman for expanding others into their full gifts and power and a full-fledged guide into your psyche, Allison Charles. Allison Charles, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Oh, goodness. I'm doing well. So much transformation, so many new blessings and initiations, but I am very beautifully at one with it. So I'm feeling good and happy to be here with you. Thank you for having me. And I love that you're sitting in Colombia and we're connecting in this way. Yes. And that's exactly kind of where I fell into starting. Obviously, uh, we recorded the intro before and we mentioned how multidimensional you are. I feel like you've lived so many different lives. <laughs> I feel that way as well. <laughs> from being a world-class athlete, competing in, this, you know, in the best, amongst the best athletes, to being a radio talk show host, and now going on this shamanic journey calling um, that you've been on. And you mentioned that I was in Colombia. Uh, you're in Austin, Texas. And one thing that really came up for me uh, to start is I wanted to get into this eagle condor prophecy that has come up for you since you began shamanism and and just being in South America, you being in North America, what does the eagle condor prophecy mean and what can you tell us about that? That's a nice place to start. Yes, because we're currently living it and activating it through this interview, you know, in real time as we speak, it's it's the re reunification and, and bridging back together all the worlds, all the essences, um, helping to serve humanity to get back into the truths of, of when oneness. And when we look into the paths and worlds of spirituality and, and shamanism, we can see that so many of us who are out there living our in devotion to our callings. Of course, they're all functioning in unique ways, but so many of us are the bridge uh, to help to activate this, this prophecy. And one way in which 
it came fully alive for me was actually in writing my animal power book. And I'm sure, you know, we'll, we'll get into the book, but just to, to start with this piece, because it's a part of it, of the activation, uh, you know, I, it wasn't necessarily, I have to give credit to the power animal realm. It was them who came to me and gave me the instruction to write this book when I had flown to Bali uh, to write a different book on surrender and it had taken me many years, so many meetings with different publishers and literary agents and just could not get clear on the darn book. And it was so weird because I've always been a writer my whole life. And then finally landed with the right literary agents, finally thought we had the, the right idea, flew to Bali and the, all the animals came in my first morning meditation. And they were like, that that idea is cute and all, but that's, that's <laughs> not it. Uh, so I changed course, changed direction, talk about you know, surrender, letting go of the surrender book and uh, changing. Surrendered to that idea. (laughs) Totally. I know. I I was like, I felt like through that process, the surrender book was, was written in some way, you know what I mean? And, um, (laughs) and so, yeah, you know, went on this many, many year long journey of, of writing and, and birthing animal power book, but one of, if not, you know, the most important piece for me, knowing it was going to be uh, an art heavy book with all 100 animals featured, having a full page, uh, you know, color depiction of each one of them. I thought, wow, selecting the artist is going to be a huge deal. It can't just be anyone because, and my teachings and also, and what I needed the book to be infused with was embodiment. Um, it's such an important piece for any spiritual guide or teacher to, to, to be embodied. Um, and I needed the animals to be an embodiment of their wisdom teachings. And then when I saw the work of William Santiago, who is from Brazil, from South America, I just knew how just instantly, you know, that resonance that clicks in many times and knew he was the one. And uh, yeah, there were so many beautiful layers of the deepening of the understanding of the truth of he and I needing to work together. But the fact that, you know, we had this soul contract and here I was, you know, at the time I, I started working on the book while I was living in New York. Then when I moved to LA and then finished the book when I moved to Texas. So I was circulating all up here in North America, but William was based in Southern Brazil the whole time. So the entire process and journey of bringing animal power book to life was also further anchoring and embodying the activation of the Eagle Condor prophecy with the condor medicine, you know, being anchored and representative of the energetics of the heart and the divine, more of the divine feminine and of the South. And then the Eagle being the energetics and, and more of the way of, of living that's representative of the North. And there's, there's a prophecy, a, a, a tale of, you know, time where we all come together and, finally, you know, start to do the deep, deep work to disintegrate all these veils of illusion and separation and, and start to connect with our hearts and and start to heal ourselves and do the, the needed shadow work and take radical responsibility for our own healing paths. So we're all in the strongest capabilities we can to, to come together and to remember and to be of service for one another. And that remembrance, you know, it's not a, you know, 
I'm doing me and, and, you know, remembering all these ancient wisdoms and you're down there doing you and remembering and, and just keeping it to ourselves. No, it's a time of communing and, and coming together. And so that's really at the heart of what the Eagle Condor prophecy is. So here we are doing our part to do it again right now. Yeah. And that resonates so much with me because just looking at my life, my upbringing, I was born in the U.S. I was born in Washington, D.C. I also moved around. I was in Texas for a little bit and then California. And then when I was 16, I kind of was, I wouldn't say forced, but my parents had to change. My dad's job shifted and we ended up going back to Colombia and reconnecting with those roots that I always had. Um, and I've realized that there's so much ancient wisdom in this part of the world, just looking back, even my own culture, we were talking about the Mamos and the Kogis here in Colombia, the indigenous tribes that you've worked with. I wanted just to quickly get in. How has it been for you to open yourself up to work with these different ancient mm -hmm. traditions around the world? Is there any main teachings that have really stuck with you in the past couple of years? Oh, goodness. Such a beautiful voyage, uh, you know, to retrace some of those steps that I've been, you know, very, very fortunate and blessed to have been called and, and led into, yeah, my whole, my whole shamanic personal journey since I had my divine intervention and spiritual awakening um, has been such a fascinating one. And I hope I'm always fascinated with it, you know, right. It's like, I'm, yes, I've gained mastery and in many areas of this earth walk and life, but I will forever be a forever student and always learning. And initially when the veil lifted, um, which of course there's a whole story behind how that intervention came about, but it changed my life. And I was simultaneously dropped to my knees while also having the veils of illusion and denial lifted. And that changed my life and had my surrender moment. And my point is through these processes of me finally getting back into connection with my true calling and, and why I'm here and how I'm best to be of service, the shamanic truth in me became more activated. And I was being shown all these visions, receiving all these downloads, having further awakenings. That's when the medicine name was delivered to me, Rockstar Shaman, which teaches my primary means of walking the path. And my two primary teachers are great mother earth rock and great spirit star. So living in devotion and total trust and surrender to that vertical line, anchoring into those two places. And of course my own heart and soul. So, you know, my initial steps and stages of the path um, for a long, long time, it was, you know, mostly primarily guidance, instructions, teachings, and visions given to me straight from great mother earth and great spirit. But then um, I don't know how many years onto the path, they started to direct me and guide me into being able to sit in different shamanic rituals and circles and ceremonies and various um, more earth-based traditions and, and lineages of shamanism from all around the world. And, you know, so I'm just... I'm just so grateful that I can have this moment of gratitude and reflection for just how enriching this path is and how it's personally been for me to be able to start from that place of trust, of, of trusting myself and trusting the planet that I live on and her teachings and trusting the guidance of the unseen realms 
Um, but then to be able to move into sitting with different masters and elders, um, you know, whether they're Sri Lankan teachers or high priests of, of Bali, or like you said, um, where you sit, I, I have to say, you know, my time with the Mamos are some, they, every time I think of them and my time with them, my heart bursts open and I just smile as I did before you and I hit record. I just start to like kind of giggle and smile. There's such potent, devoted, special beings. Um, one of the episodes that I had on Ceremony Circle podcast, actually, um, we shared about some of the traditions of the mamas. So, of course, as I'm not from the tradition, I don't ever like to act like I'm a teacher for them. But where you are, you know, a lot of people consider the Sierra Nevadas to be the, the heart of the entire world. Wow. You know, it's an incredibly potent, powerful place. And the way the mamos are seen, you know, when they're small children and the elders and the community can recognize those that are to lean into the path and, you know, ushered into the caves high up in the Sierra Nevadas and the way that they are taught and go through rites of passage starting at such a young age and live in total pure devotion to paying back and giving back to this glorious planet that we live on, Great Mother Earth, like just to be in their presence. Um, I guess that's one takeaway in this, this long share that I'm kind of, you know, moving through. Uh, when, when you have the good fortune of being guided and called into sitting in sacred space um, with many elders in these, in these ancient traditions and ways, oftentimes the gift is just being there and being um, bathed in the transmission that they embody and you know, the rituals that I've been able to take part in, um, so life-changing and, um, you know, at one gathering I was at where they were there the whole time. I mean, their devotion can just blow some people's minds. You know, we were invited if we felt called to join them down at the riverbank because they said that they would be there for the next three days, day and night, um, singing songs and giving pay payment back to great mother earth. That's incredible. And you mentioned one keyword that, you know, I've had, this is the second divine opportunity I get to speak to someone that practices shamanism. I told you the first was Shaman Durek. Absolutely love what he teaches. And during that episode that we recorded, um, he did mention, and I also just listened to the one that you recorded uh, with him previously. And he goes on this, you know, you know, story of how he had to go through the rite of passage mm. uh, as a shaman. And and he speaks to that, that there is always this transitional death that someone has to go through in order to embody that shaman energy and, and archetype in the world. And I'm really curious to know, uh, obviously, Shaman Dirk, he physically died. Like, that was crazy. He physically went through a death, um, a near-death experience. Uh, and I wanted to kind of tap into your rite of passage when you were going through all this. Obviously, you've had like five past lives before uh, being a shaman. Um, but can you? what can you speak into a little bit about that rite of passage mm. that you mentioned uh, that shamans have to go through? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's honestly been, been so many and, um, you know, various 
students or other people, you know, that might follow my work on social media or, or clients along the way that also feel called and led into this path, um, you know, oftentimes when they're at the more entry steps on the way, uh, you know, I might get messages or DMs or emails or phone calls or whatever, where, um, yeah, oftentimes there can be a state of panic or sheer terror. Or, I mean, when I say breakdown to breakthrough, I mean, incredibly tumultuous, um, spiritual fires, ripping and roaring and burning, burning breakdowns to break through. Uh, and I, one thing that I share is I remind them, um, and it, and it's absolutely not to instill fear because anyone that has the call to experience shamanic ways or has the call to live in devotion to the shamanic calling that's, that's already inside of them. Um, I applaud and, um, support that all the way, but it's like, I remind them, this is the path of initiation. This, you know, the, the shamanic path is, is a, a path of nonstop rites of passage and being a forever student. And, um, you know, if there's chapters or waves or phases along the way where, uh, your your ego or your your unconscious might start to take over. Um, it, it's guaranteed that there will be some sort of very humbling, hmm. potentially drop to your knees um, reminder and and teaching and lesson to get you back into integrity and and so you know it's it's just to lovingly remind that the fire they're feeling at the start is not necessarily a fire that just goes away um and so yeah i've had i guess that's my my point in sharing all that is that i've had countless uh, rites yeah. of passage and and really um intense initiations along the way but i'll take you to you know the the entry one for me uh i was exiting well I was exited by the divine out of a very long-term, uh, you know, almost 20 year previous romantic relationship. And what was going on in there was I was living in total denial and total illusion. And a lot of that due, some of that due to just um, being human and having childhood traumas and wounds that just weren't healed yet. And a lot of it due to, me unconsciously holding myself back from stepping into my true soul calling and my spiritual gifts. Mm. And uh, yes, I, I know, you know, many people can, can relate to that. And I was really stuck in this cycle of abuse and dysfunction and toxicity in this very long-term relationship. And even though through the 16 and a half years, things had ended at different times. We just kept entering back into that cycle of insanity. So it culminated to this one day, one point in time where my Claire audience gift got turned on. And for time purposes, um, you know, I share in, in detail about it in, in other shows, but I'll just kind of whittle it down for time purposes so we can flow into many other things today. But my Claire audience gift got turned on and I started to receive instructions. I felt the support of the angelic realms and my guides and in receiving and listening to these Claire audience instructions, I was led into, um, you know, my first 
shamanic cave initiation. And I always liken the Joseph Campbell quote, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. So for me, this lifetime, based upon other things I've experienced in past lives, for me, this lifetime, my greatest fear was betrayal, specifically around romantic partnership. Um, and I've shared in other podcasts, the past life where I've encountered this before things ended horribly yeah. where you ended um, up, I think, was it like killing the person that betrayed yeah, you? Yeah, you listened, you found it. Good research. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I share and sometimes I don't, cause it's quite a bold story, um, you know, which can bring up a lot of, you know, inquiry for, for people, but yeah. Uh, so I've been carrying with me um, these energetics that needed full transcendence. And it led me, has all led me to this point that we're at right now in, in our chat. And and yes, so through my phone, aka the modern day shamanic cave, <laughs> um, I was faced with all of these really horrifying and graphic proofs of a lot of incredible, um, betrayal. And that was the precise medicine that I needed to finally have the veil of illusion finally lift and the egoic shell get shattered off of me because those two things were keeping me enclosed in suffering and pain and not me walking in my truth. Uh, so through that initial, initiation, um, there was no going back because once that egoic shell and veil truly blew off of me, you can't then unsee the truths that you're, that you're with. I was seeing the truth of myself and the responsibility I needed to take for my role in that 16 and a half years of cycle of insanity. I was seeing the truth of my former partner and his pain and his addictions and the things I was way too scared to look at sex addiction within him being one of them. That was terrifying. It felt so dark and so scary to enter into. Um, it took me quite a long time to walk fully through facing all of that. And then seeing the truth of, you know, of earth and what we're doing here. And I had so many awakenings, you know, after that initial one, but the, the main piece I want to get to is when the shamanic activations and visions started to really come in, uh, the initiation of being given the medicine name Rockstar Shaman has been one of the biggest and boldest and longest through line initiations for me. Um, oftentimes, uh, shamans and spiritual teachers are given what we call medicine names. Sometimes these medicine names are downloaded directly from Great Spirit, given in dreams, or sometimes um, in another interview I have on my ceremony circle show with Eagle woman. Um, she was given a medicine name through an elder and her native American lineage. And that elder was shown that it was time for her and her sister to receive their medicine name. And they went through a specific medicine name, giving ritual, uh, in their lineage. So these, when these medicine names come in, it's medicine for the person receiving because you, it's a name given that you have to grow into. And to be honest, you know, to, to really hold in a healthy way 
and, and walk in true anchored courage of, of carrying such a bold name, like rockstar shaman. It's one that's taken me, um, you know, years and years of walking to get in deeper and deeper embodiment with, and it's also a medicine name for the seen and unseen worlds and for, and for people, uh, so the medicine that it carries with it, especially for rockstar shaman, because a lot of people don't understand that it's representative of the way I connect in with rock and star, great mother earth and great spirit. It can bring with it, you know, um, jumping to assumptions and, um, it can be triggering. And so for those that lean in and inquire, uh, with kindness of, of what the name means, it can really be, uh, a good teacher for, for other people too. So just that one piece alone of, of saying yes to the medicine name I was given and carrying that to the highest degree of healthy embodiment and integrity that I can just that one piece, I could tell countless stories for days, um, of the trials and tribulations of carrying, of carrying that name and the initiation mm. of that. Yeah, and it and it might be just an assumption of mine, but when I when I hear the word rock star, I imagine someone on a big stage presenting to thousands, millions of people. And that was actually one of the first visions that you had in the shamanic journey is you being on this stage bridging, you know, ancient wisdom and traditions with the mainstream. You actually were prepared for this while working in, in big media for many, many years. So, you know, I understand like the rock and the star, but I also understand the other part, which is like your path, your path of bringing this to the masses. Yes, it, it is. It is both pieces. So thank you for integrating and, and bringing in that other piece. Yeah, it was, mm. It was the same <laughs> breakdown to breakthrough lunch I was having with four other spiritual sisters at Peace Food Cafe back when I was, you know, all my years of living in New York City. It was a cafe that probably still exists in Manhattan. I still remember the table we were sitting at, where this was all taking place. But this was not long after the veil had lifted and my life had gotten turned upside down. And yeah, I was being shown these very concrete specific visions of me with shamanic tools, rattles, drums, um, sacred herbs, all, you know, various, various shamanic tools on stage, like you said, in front of huge crowds, sharing, guiding, helping people remember and reconnect into the truths that live within all of us. I'm just merely a guide and access point for you to reconnect and remember, but yes, doing this for huge audiences. And, you know, you have to remember, I, yeah, I'm coming from a world of athletics and hip hop radio show host. And then, you know, realize nothing that I thought to be true was true, have this unexpected, spontaneous spiritual awakening. And then I'm being shown these visions of how I'm to, to live and lead my life moving forward with no road mode roadmap, no blueprint. Right. So I was being shown the visions of me in this very strong, courageous place, but I'm like, I'm here in peace food cafe crying and breaking down, asking my friends like for support 
knowing where I'm being called and instructed from the divine to lead into. And it's like, how do I get from here, sobbing in Peace Food Cafe, to embodying my mission that I'm being shown I need to embody? And yeah, I mean, it's been a wild ride where I, it has forced me in the most beautiful and powerful ways to trust myself to trust the pure heart that I have, to trust the pure integrity filled place from which I, I instruct and walk from, to also honor the human in me, to honor how courageous it is that I'm choosing to, to, to evolve every day and to answer the call and to live in total devotion. It's like, it's, there's so many aspects and pieces happening all at once simultaneously so much to peer into so much to step into and say yes to and yes i am here to do this work very publicly because someone has to you know we do live in a modern time where here we are we both have microphones and we're both podcast hosts and there's this world of social media and a world of television and movies and things that exist now that didn't exist hundreds and thousands of years ago. Though we ha we have to be able to be a, a living and at one with the living, breathing amoeba and web that is that is life and that is the evolution of the planet as well. And so my instruction was to be a bridge, as you said, and to help people reconnect to these ancient wisdoms and truths in a modern way through sharing about it through media and taking it to mainstream audiences and to the masses who might not have an access point otherwise. You know, not everyone comes from a lineage and a family in Colombia. Not everyone has the ability to go back to those roots and, you know, maybe have an access point to be led up to where the mamos are in the Sierra Nevadas. Well, I'm, I'm a gateway, you know, I am a relatable shaman that has a relatable background, used to be an athlete, grew up in a small town in the Midwest, in the U.S. And so for some, I'm the precise medicine they need to feel safe and remembering. I love that you said that. And you were mentioning uh, in your story, um, Allison's story. <laughs> Yeah. And congrats on the Which, marriage. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> legally, thank you. Yes, you're bringing in some good integrative medicine. My name legally now is Allison Story, which feels very good to say. Yes. Mm, amazing. And, you know, we're going through this collective awakening uh, in humanity right now. I think it's so special that we're all in this time of transitioning for our species and we've had many guests on the podcast say exactly the same thing uh, we had a guest gary zukov and he talks about that the human species is going from being a five sensory species so the five senses taste touch smell feel probably missed out one um and now we're yeah. transitioning into hearing and now we're transitioning into a multi-sensory species and you mentioned your clear audience for someone that you know isn't really familiar with these psychic abilities from what i understand in, in clear audience is the ability to hear you know things from the other realms right uh yeah. and you, you experienced that fully uh in that in that moment when you were guided to check your past partner's cell phone and 
that whole story uh, is is amazing and i invite people to go deeper in your podcast um but for someone that wants to connect with these psychic abilities that they have maybe hidden within them uh when you mentioned that you got this download of seeing yourself on a stage and things like that recently it happened to me um in the way that i kind of just saw a picture of myself interviewing someone uh in person and you know i just got that download but it wasn't like here's what you have to do to get there but it was just like I have to figure out now how to make that picture a reality. And I think we all have these kind of um, downloads during the day that we don't normally recognize as that's divine guidance of where Mm -hmm. we should be headed to. Mm -hmm. We kind of just brush it off like, oh, I'm daydreaming. Like that's the term that we've put it. But sometimes it's these uh, gifts that we're given, this guidance Mm -hmm. from other realms, even from maybe our spirit guides, our animal guides. So it's it's super fascinating that you mentioned that. Yeah, I mean, it, I call that divine connect the dots. And it, and it functions in the per- precise way that I've been sharing and that you just shared by divine design for a reason. It, by them, so it gets us into the full co-creative dance, the full co-creative union and weaving of the web between ourselves and having an honoring foot and place here on earth plane. Yes, I am in my body. Yes, I honor this physical vessel. Yes, I honor this glorious great mother earth planet who I am able to inhabit, but also having our other foot in the spirit world, in in the world of, of the unseen realms. And the most important point for me and that I, I would like to share with the soul fam joining us is if this is resonating and if you feel, if you just know in your soul, you're at this place where it's like, okay, I'm ready to get out of my own way and to get into co-creation, honoring both this, the seen waking and an unseen worlds. It's that, it's that surrender statement. It's that surrender point. And that, that's what I chose to do after my awakening. I chose to lean more fully in and I chose to speak to my own soul. I chose to speak to great spirit, God, goddess, center point of source consciousness, whatever you want to call it. And I chose to speak to great mother earth and say to, to those most powerful divine places, I'm ready. I'm re- I'm ready to hear you. I'm ready to most importantly, after hearing you, I'm ready to heed you. And I can honestly say that I live in total and complete devotion to the instructions and guidance that I am given from great spirit, my soul and great mother earth. And that has taken me to the most tumultuous places, to places that have tested. But again, in this, in this talking through of the divine connect the dots, This place I'm getting to now is the precise gap place. It, you know, we're here and it shows us like, okay, if you want to live in communing with an embodiment of why you're truly here on this earth walk, this is a thing that you are to bring to earth. This is a thing that we are asking, we are requiring of you to step into. And then if they did all the work in between, then we're not, then we're not being required. We're yes. not requiring our own selves to go in our free will and do, as well. Yes. Yeah. Mm. 
it requires us to go in and unlock all the stuff that's already within us and let ourselves be led and taken to whatever tradition, whatever practice, whatever ritual, whatever other elder who for where we're at at that time and for what our soul needs at that time, they can help and assist in, in providing it to us. And so spirit needs and wants to see us take a step, take that vulnerable, courageous first or second step. And once you do that, then the next divine connect the dots will come in. It doesn't stop, but you have to lean in. And that's this place is where some people get stuck in fear and resistance. Um, they, this is the precise place where a lot of people think, but I know my life as this, and they get even more entrenched and attached to the identities that they have, the way that their life currently looks, that they're terrified to let go of, because what is across this threshold and what is past, you know, the, the leaning in and answering that divine connect the dot is a whole mysterious, wondrous world. But that's the place where it requires us to learn how to trust ourselves, how to trust our spiritual gifts, whether it's the clairvoyance, the clairaudience, the claircognizance, whatever, whatever the gift is. Um, but it's, it's, that is, it's just this never ending, growing communing and dance. Yeah. And the unknown is where all the magic lies and yes. a book that really changed my life and my perspective is called Ask and It Is Given by Abraham Hicks uh, and Esther Hicks. And it was amazing because I learned to realize that if we're not communicating with this divine source, this infinite intelligence, God, whatever you want to call it, then we don't have a relationship to it. We It doesn't exist for us. And, you know, I've learned to see in moments in my life where you know, I've, I've said, I'm ready. Like, I'm, you know, initiate me, let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to do the work. Um, but sometimes it doesn't happen because there's an underlying belief that I'm not worthy of having that, or I'm not worthy of this path that I'm going to, or I'm not ready yet. So that's a belief that I really encourage people to really tune into is the worthiness of whether or not they truly feel that they're ready for this awakening, this path, this higher consciousness uh, that we're bridging on the world right now. And I wanted to mention as well that, you know, let's see where, where we're going. Um, yeah, being able to, being able to call upon these energies when, for example, we're in a place you know, I was just in a conference uh, in London. I just got back yesterday and I kept saying to myself, like, put me in the right place at the right time. Put me in the right place at the right time. And all of a sudden I would find myself speaking to people that now are going to become like lifelong friends or business partners or people that just have some wisdom to offer in the moment. And that's exactly what our soul needed to hear. Um, so it's really fascinating to be in that co-creation always. Like it's a complete mm -hmm. paradigm shift, but when we're open to it, uh, as I told you, magic starts to happen in our life. 
Yeah, it can be very humbling. Um, and, and to the worth piece, uh, you know, what I'm about to say is something that, you know, we know, but perhaps in me just saying it again and reminding all of us again, uh, maybe for those who are ready to allow it to land in a deeper or more embodied way, we'll, we'll let it in. But by just being here on earth, by us incarnating, it's, it's all of our birthright. In fact, I would go as far as to say it's all of our duty um, to whatever capacity we can muster. I'm not saying it's everyone's duty, you know, to become, you know, uh, for me, it was clear, like, I, I need to fully devote my my life to this calling. But it's it's everyone's birthright to, like you said, it, my favorite phrase right now, it's actually just two words, but it's in relation, in relation. It's just two words, but it like says everything. It says it all in relation. And it's all of our birthright to get in relation with the planet that we're walking upon. And it's all of our birthright to get in relation to the spiritual realms to the unseen worlds and all the infinite wisdom and guides and allies and empowering support that lives in there infinitely forever across all time and space and is just sitting there and waiting for us. And so, um, you know, and that's really at the heart of what shamanism is. It's, it's honoring and connecting into and getting in right relationship with our planet and honoring, connecting into and getting in right relationship with the spirit world walking in both worlds, having a foot in both worlds. It's all of our birthright. And, and what I really love about your style of shamanism is that I feel that it's free of any dogmatic nature that we typically see in religions or even in other, you know, maybe shamanic traditions that what I mean by dogmatic is that, you know, there's certain rules and like structure to it. And I feel that when we really you know free ourselves from that there's infinite possibilities of where you could go with it mm -hmm. so it, encouraging people like if you're starting this spiritual path you know it's okay to like choose one you know teacher and just follow them until you know the rest of time but also see what's out there and explore and use different teachers and mentors along the way and also tuning into your own wisdom mm -hmm. um it's it's a much more fun uh journey when we're kind of freeing ourselves from the labels the dogma mm -hmm. um and i think that's also what's happening to humanity right now a lot of the structures in in the world right now are are being freed of that dogma and people are waking mm -hmm. up like oh this is not serving us anymore because we're more fluid now Yes, it's yeah, I just saw the vision and 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 felt uh the vision of yeah, it's it's breaking free of the boxes like somehow over the course of however many I'm even like burping up stuff and like clearing <laughs> breaking free of the rock boxes I'm talking about it. It's like somehow over the course of so many hundreds or you know, the past couple thousand years, like things that just got so in such constraint and so tight and so small. And it was almost like everything within the earth experience just got kind of like hammered down and beat down into these like tiny little 
cubes and boxes, including the concept and the understanding or slash misunderstanding of what shamanism is. It's like Mm -hmm. everything just got so tiny. And yet we're these infinite beings with infinite multidimensional, multifaceted capacities living in an infinite space and forever cosmos. And so, yes, you know, along with this shadow extraction and and shadow revealing and healing time of the earth and, and of all of us, it's also this liberating break free of the boxes, like, oh my God, it's a time of new breath. Um, and Mm. zebra I'm being kind of pulled into zebra because one of zebra's main teachings in medicine is break free of the box, you know, out of all the, you know, millions or billions of zebras that have ever walked this planet, there never been two with exact same stripes. You know, every, every zebra has unique stripes and it's just like this urging medicine of like, going within, doing, doing the needed inner work, um, getting in relation and right relation with, with all of it and just exploring. And also, you know, like we were chatting about before hitting record, it's like remembering to be light and playful along the way too. Yes. There are, you know, very important and needed aspects of the earth walk and walking the spiritual or shamanic path that need to be done with the utmost respect and reverence and sacredness, but that doesn't have to equate with seriousness. Um, So that's just something also to just keep in mind as you're walking, you know, a lot of spiritual teachers share and that, you know, the ultimate spiritual energetic or medicine is being childlike and and being playful. And I am really grateful that somehow along the way, I've able to keep a lot of those energetics intact within me. You know, I am really goofy and I do still have this like pure childlike um, energetic and, and innocence still, still within me. And those are all important too. The one little last important educational nugget that keeps tapping, um, that's just always important to speak to just because there are so many misconceptions and confusions around shamanism. um, One thing educationally that is important to share is that if you are feeling the call um, and being guided to lean into sitting in sacred space with the mamos or uh, the we Radica tradition or native American elders, or, you know, whatever, whatever global shamanic tradition, um, because shamanism exists around the whole planet, whatever earth-based shamanic lineage and tradition that you're being guided into, that's where it is important to have a a whole other level and set of mindfulness and sacredness and respect. Because oftentimes, case in point with the Mamos, most of the ceremonies and rituals I have um, shared with them, they do ask that it stays in sacred space um, and that the songs that we sung in that ritual are not to be sung outside of the space. Uh, the, the, the you ritual, can't put that on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. And so, you know, those are things when you are working with certain traditions, you always have to ask and get permission. Anything that I have um, shared that comes from another lineage or tradition, I've been given permission from the elder or the facilitator that I can share it. So that's just something that's really important, especially for people newer to the shamanic path to always be mindful of. Yeah. And one of the reasons that I was so drawn to your work and I started uh, following you on Instagram and seeing that there was this unfolding of this beautiful power animal book 
um, that you were that you have been birthing into the world for uh, a hot second, and, <laughs> and by hot second you mean eight years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's been a whole journey for you, I know. And you know, I just wanted to mention that that you that in the beginning of the podcast you told us that you were drawn to go to Bali and you had this idea for this book, and then the the animals came to you in a meditation. But I also know that you had been working with them for a decade previously. So I want to just uncover how this process has been for you to work with the animals. I feel like our species has really disconnected itself from the animal kingdom. We're like this this species that's superior to all other species in the world. And then we kind of disconnected. We created a separation. But... I feel like you're very integrated and connected with the rest of the animal kingdom because essentially we are animals, divine animals, as a mentor of mine would say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. My relationship with them began right out of the divine intervention gate. Um, so the first two instructions I was given after I finally surrendered and let myself get into that wide open field of true conscious awareness and heating uh, was I was to work with two shamans. And uh, one of the shamans is my aunt. And in that session with her, which was primarily a soul retrieval session, that's when the power animal realm, the allies from that world started to enter in. So they were really along with ascended master Jesus they were the first spiritual guides and allies that came in to support me right after my spiritual awakening. And it revealed, um, and it was actually somewhat of a coincidence. It wasn't planned to have my core power animal on the cover of the book, but it ended up being that way. The black jaguar is my core animal. And then right out of the gate, three supporter animals came in to give me all the help I needed because I needed a lot at that time. And it was the bear, the deer and the frog. And so for people that are new to communing with the power animal realm, I'll just give a few quick examples just so they start to understand that every single animal embodies and has different healing attributes, wisdom, teachings, messages, guidance to share with us. So the black jaguar is with me every single day. We all have a core animal that's with us our whole earth walk. And so for the black jaguar, when she started to work with me, it was all about that spiritual reclamation. It's like, okay, honey, you've been doing all you can for, you know, these first 30 whatever years to like hide from your spiritual powers and potency and gifts. And it is time to unleash them. And also she is a magnificent teacher of another imperative thing of walking the path and that's doing shadow work. And, um, you know, that that's something I do on an ongoing basis, but there was a time earlier on in my path where for many years I lived in a tiny studio in Brooklyn. It was like, honestly, it was like a little bit of a shamanic cave in there live by myself with, I have to give shout out and honor to Jelly Bean, my black Persian cat, my mini black panther, who has seen me through all that we're talking about pre-awakening and post-awakening. He's laying right here. So just want to honor him being the elder, elder teacher as well. And yeah, you know, just 
teaching me how to face all of those aspects that I had previously deemed shameful or embarrassed about myself and um, really bring them to the forefront, get in relation with them, commune with them so I can be a wholly, truly integrated teacher and human. And then the bear came in whoa, with such needed nourishing, grounding support, it would come to me in meditations and it would sit with its back against a tree and invite me to sit in its lap. And what it would say to me and whisper in my ear is lean back. And I would lean back into its chest and then it would say, lean back more. And I would lean back more and it would just continuously urge me. And it taught me, I learned how to truly on every cellular fiber and every DNA aspect and every fiber of my being, it taught me how to truly let go into the support of the divine, into the support of the allies in the spiritual realm. And then the frog other integral teacher for me at that time, it helped me clear all and face all the emotions and the emotional healing I needed because that, like I said, that previous relationship had at times varying degrees of abuse, pretty much a complete through line of dysfunction and toxicity, so much pain, turmoil, suffering. I had nearly two decades just from that one relationship alone to go back and heal. And so the frog took me into those emotional waters and also is a teacher of leaps of faith and only leaping forward. And so if you think about it, I said, I kept entering back into those cycles of insanity with my ex. So the frog was my mainstay teacher and guide of like, no, we are only going forward this time. And then lastly, the deer, as you know, the path of the heart, such a gentle, potent, fierce teacher at the same time has been with me for more than a decade, played a huge role in Luke and I getting together in our sacred union. So thank you again, dear, you know, a lot of dear stories, but she taught me to not close down my heart, which, you know, I'm not faulting anyone. Um, you know, we're all human, but when we go through types of extreme betrayal and heartbreak, we can tend to have a tendency to just shut down our heart, close down, never get back into relationships again, because it's easier. You don't have to risk going through that pain again, but the deer stayed with me to keep my heart open and taught me to keep the faith and brought me into this incredible relationship. Now it was a long journey to get here involved more than five years of celibacy and like tons of womb healing and just like so much deep healing work, but it was worth it to be in the relationship I'm in now. Yeah, and I feel like we all on a deep cellular level know that there's a specific animal that we feel more, more drawn to from when we're kids, you know. I have um, like a very deep connection with a certain animal um, that is always shows up in like the weirdest ways and like reminds me in movies or in different things and um, just wanted to ask you, what advice would you give someone that wants to discover uh, what animal they need in the moment right now? I mean, mm. when you were going through this awakening, it seems like these four animals came to you like very viscerally and like very clearly. But for someone that, you know, is questioning their psychic abilities or is just, you know, on mm. the fence about whether they believe in this or not what advice would you give someone to start opening themselves up to get the help from animals yeah i mean when we think about being in relation i love that this is just like the juicy 
main theme of our of our time together in, in getting in relation it involves communication right and so i would i would speak you know whether inwardly or out loud just just share it can be a simple one sentence just saying to the power animal realm um let me see what wants to come in for an example sacred power animal realm i feel your presence i feel the call to more deeply connect and i invite you to communicate and connect with me even more fully now. I'm open to receive your guidance, something, something simple like that. And, um, and then you, that, then it becomes our responsibility. So once we speak our readiness, it's our responsibility to, to let ourselves see, you know, and to, and to not stay in, in illusion and, and, and the blinders. So you let the blinders down and you can also, you know, say, um, if you prefer that they show up in your dream, uh, they power animals have a very strong tendency of coming in during dream time, or if you'd rather them present in, in waking life, um, because they come in that way too, you know, whether it's like every day for a week, you walk outside and see the same beetle. It's like, okay, like, you know, something that you, your mind could convince you is trivial or no big deal. But it's like, if you're walking outside and every single day in the same place as the same beetle, you might want to look up beetle medicine and see why is this beetle presenting? Uh, so it's the simple invitation and communication in Another way um, that I offer for free on my website, on the Animal Power book page of my website, I do love for people to lean into communing with power animals through a shamanic journey, just because these are sacred relationships. And uh, when you go on a shamanic journey with a, with a trusted shaman, you know, your, your voyage to these other realms where you set the intention, uh, in mind, I, I work with you in doing that before we even go on the journey, set the intention for the animal to come forward, but then you yourself in the journey, you're able to meet this animal, to receive its energy medicine, to ask it questions. So it's more empowering, um, for the person that I'm guiding into the journey because you, you can ask it and, and speak to the animal. And like mm. I said, that journey is for free on my website. Yeah, a question came up for me around fear um, because I know that a lot of people may have fears around certain animals. Mm -hmm. And just Lean giving in. an example, yeah, giving an example, I, um, there was this moment in my life where I was deeply, deeply afraid of of bees. I know it sounds, mm -hmm. you know, like bees, like they're, you know, they only sting you when you do something and. You know, I had never even been stung by a bee, but I was already, you know, um, what's the word? Just like premonition. I, I don't know the word. Like anticipating. Anticipating uh, something that's that's going to happen bad. Um, and I was reading actually through the, the, the your book, The Power Animal Animals, and I went to the bee page specifically, and I was like, oh, uh, that's that's cool. Like they have really cool healing properties and medicine. So for someone that might feel this fear around certain yeah. animals, what is, you said, you mentioned lean in, um, but yeah. what can they do? I mean, yeah, most often, cause I, I get this a lot. Um, and, and I will, I'm going to answer your question, but I always get taken to the leech and I won't necessarily get into the whole story, but I'm a prime example of the alchemy that can happen when you lean into 
learning about speaking with and getting in relation with an animal that you might have previously deemed scary or gross, whatever, whatever the word is. So yeah, for me, it was leeches and I'd only ever seen them on television and they're, you know, oftentimes portrayed as creepy, gooey, gross, whatever. Um, yeah, you should be afraid of them because they suck your blood and they attach to you and they're hard to get off, like all these negative connotations, right? But I was then shown um, another bit of a rite of passage. I was shown in a vision that I needed to work with leeches. Okay. And I was like, oh, you gotta be, you gotta be kidding me. And I did some research and I found that a world renowned leech therapist happened to live very close to me when I was living in Brooklyn. And so I, and then, you know, so as you lean in and as you start to heed the guidance, even if it goes against what your mind wants, even if it goes against your comfort zone, I chose then and still choose to this day to lean in to the instructions. Cause I know there's alchemy. I know there's miracles and medicine in there. So did I want to say yes to working with leeches? Not necessarily, but my deeper part of me wanted me to say yes. And that's where I live from. So I contacted this leech therapist and made an appointment and I went, I went to the leech therapist <laughs> mm -hmm. and, um, yes, he has medical grade living hundreds and hundreds of them in jars in his studio in his medical practice. And, um, I don't know if he still lives in Brooklyn to this day or not, but yeah, he showed me everything. I actually have it somewhere. It lives on YouTube. I haven't seen it in years, but, um, I have proof of what I'm talking about. You will see me freaking out upon meeting my first leech. And yeah, I was able to receive leech therapy. We placed about four or five leeches on above where my liver is for liver detoxification. And there's, there's, different ways that you can work with them and different places that you can put them on your body for different purposes that you're going in there for. But we honed in on this and I have to tell you, I mean, it was a massive rite of passage because I was really, really terrified. I mean, palm sweaty doing like Lamaze type breathing really on a mind, body, spirit, soul level, freaking out in some capacities but I, I trusted, and I'm not kidding you by me trusting and, and holding the line in the direction I knew I needed to, when that first leech was getting attached and they have hundreds and hundreds of teeth teeth that go around their little circular valve, like mouths, hundreds of teeth. And when that first one got placed on my abdomen above my liver and then latched in, <laughs> I kid you not. The second that that valve and hundreds of those teeth latched in, there was a, there was a shift. We became, I mean, how much more in relation can you get? <laughs> you got intimate <laughs> with the leech. <laughs> very, very intimate. And so we're now attached and, and relating. And I instantly began to understand this incredible reverent creature. I started to witness its biodynamics. I started to feel the, the, the natural, um, painkiller that it secretes into you. And in, in this loving way, I started to get connected with all of the hundreds of healing enzymes that it puts into your body as it's extracting from you, what it, the toxins it needs to extract. And I, instantly went 
in true alchemy is going from fear to love. And that's exactly what happened to me in an instant. Um, and then, you know, he continued to place the other leeches and for more than an hour, I can't remember how long exactly it took watching these leeches growing and growing it sacrificially pulling out from me what needed to be pulled out to serve my highest, greatest good and sacrifice of themselves to heal me. I mean, I could honestly, I've yeah. cried before talking, talking about this leech wow. story. And so, you know, in shamanism, do they die right after they, they do that process in, in medical grade, uh, leech therapy, they, they must, you know, because you're working with bodily fluids and lymph and blood and, and, um, and yeah, and they, they fill up and fill up till they're so engorged and full that they just kind of schluff and roll off. Like oh, they just wow. can't, that's cute. So it's like, they, <laughs> they start looking like deflated little balloons and then they become really full balloons. Um, so my point is, you know, oftentimes in shamanism, it's through storytelling that we share medicine and share transmissions. And I felt compelled um, you know, whatever you're getting listeners, whatever you're gaining from, from the story I'm telling with this, with this leech story, uh, there's, there's a lot of medicine and alchemy. So my point is, um, you know, there, there is a threshold and there, there is a precipice point where, where there is an invitation to, to cross a, you know, to cross that threshold when you're feeling some resistance, it's like, let's explore that, you know, again, lightening the seriousness getting into more lightness, remembering that we're forever students here to infinitely involve. And remember, we're simply here to be curious and ask questions. It's like, what is behind that trigger? What is behind that resistance? What is behind that fear? Asking, what am I afraid of? Asking be in meditation, in shamanic journey, in dream time, or just simply by closing your eyes, if you already have a strong connection point to the unseen realm, simply asking, you know, what are you here to teach me? What is my resistance? It's the simplest of acts that provide the most powerful change. Hey fam, I hope you're enjoying today's episode. And here's a quick note. I wanted to let you know that I will be speaking alongside my husband, Luke's story at the Modern Nirvana Summit on September 23rd here in Austin, Texas. Luke and I will be sharing about sacred unions and relationship tips with our talk, Higher Power Couple, Ecstatic Bliss, and Earthly Realness. Other speakers who will also be at the Modern Nirvana Summit, of course, all three of the Modern Nirvana co-founders, actress Kat Graham, Emmy award-winning journalist and healer Frank Elleridi, and breathwork master Ikar Wood. Also there, Guru Dev Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, Dave Asprey, DJ Shivarasa, and side note, Shivarasa, Frank, and Kat have all been guests here on Ceremony Circle Podcast, so be sure to find their episodes if you want to get to know them more. And tickets to the Modern Nirvana Summit, they are available at modernnirvana.com. And we are going to hook you up with a Soul Fam discount. So be sure to use the code Luke Allison. That's all one word, taking both Luke's name and my name and putting it together. That's code Luke Allison, L-U-K-E-A-L-Y-S-O-N. I spell my name a little unique. So Luke Allison, put that in at checkout and you will receive 15% off your tickets. I cannot wait to see some of you in person soon. Back to the episode. Something that came up um, 
image wise is that you know you start seeing how the fear and discomfort what's on the other side is the most like beautiful majestic experiences when i was a kid we would go to mexico for you know cabo san lucas and do like trips and i remember i sat out on the snorkeling because i i was scared to go in the water and see all these live animals around me and not feel protected but then i think of like someone who's a travel adventure influencer and they're like swimming with sharks or someone that's a filmmaker for discovery channel and things like that they have seen some wild 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 things that are incredible incredible um yeah 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 and yes yeah entering into into previously unknown worlds it always it's it's a just got the vision you know of a treasure chest like when you when you lean in the treasure chest lid opens and there's always life-changing miracles inside always allison I, I wanted to ask you uh i think i feel that this is a good moment to allow people to get that you know um example of what you do when you work with these power animals mm -hmm. especially when you're uh working with people and and stuff like this um, in a reading like one-on-one -on -one basis and I'd like to ask you if we could take some time to do a power animal reading um, maybe if it feels right two ways um, one is obviously a, a more selfish question to uncover what's that core animal uh, mm. in my life that I work with and maybe the second part for the audience and one animal that we can all tap into for this episode and that they can start working with this week in their life in the next days after integrating this beautiful episode in medicine that we've shared. Yeah, that sounds good. So what was coming in as you were sharing, um, because, you know, meeting your core power animal for the first time is just like such a special moment. Um, I will open the fields to see if your core animal wants to come in, but I also, with your permission, want to open the field to see if simply one of your main supporter allies at this time wants to present, because I might want to reserve you having that connection with your core one. I can send you the shamanic journey to like go on the true full journey, just because in these mini readings, like they're so short and I just want to, I just want to open to, to both potentials coming through. I'm down. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Okay. So, uh, that's, that's just so anyone new to this work, that's the most important piece for me is always getting the person's permission. I'm never invasive with this work. I'm never, you know, tuning into or opening other people's gateways, portals, energetic fields without them knowing and without their permission. So, uh, he's obviously just given that to me. So I'm going to do, um, I happen to have my little dolphin rattle here. So I'm going to do just a brief rattling and connection point. Um, and I'm going to reserve this first reading to see if your core animal wants to present at this time or a main supporter power animal ally who wants to come in for you and share a message that will serve your highest greatest earthly good does that sound good sounds great okay
And oftentimes as I'm doing these readings, as was the case for you, um, people that have a lot of different power animal allies, just kind of hovering around waiting for connection, uh, waiting for, you know, deeper acknowledgement, various animals will come in and then I sit with it and allow a main one to present. So for you, that was the case but I'm tuning in now to see which is the main animal that wants to come in with the message for you. Okay, so it it's landing on the grasshopper. You did have a penguin show up, you did have a butterfly flutter in, uh, but the grasshopper is the one that's most reoccurring. So the first message that came in when it first topped in was, it was a message of you being at a time of leaping into greater abundance, but now I'm going to tune back in and see if there's more specifics around what it meant by that and what other messages it has. So it's like going to be a little bit of a dance of me pausing to speak to this animal and see what it has to say. One second. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, it's excited to work with you because it's like super in real time with me. And it took me, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but do you know how grasshoppers like can spit out like a brown sticky substance? Mm, didn't know. Didn't know that. Okay. And, and they're in shamanic folklore and in some mythological, you know, stories, it, it connects the grasshopper's ability to secrete this sticky brown substance to sacred tobacco. And so it's taking me right away. It's journeyed me to the place in our conversation where you said at some point in your past, or maybe it still comes up for you, the questioning of your worth, your worthiness, and being able to do this work and answering these types of callings, right? So it's connecting me back to your worthiness and also taking me to sacred tobacco. So I, I'm going to ask now what it wants you to do with that sacred tobacco. Okay. So it's, it's telling me that by you working more with sacred tobacco, that's going to be a huge element for you right now, just by you holding tobacco more, by you working in relation with tobacco, by you sharing sacred tobacco to the land that you and your family live upon. So that, okay. So as I'm talking, it's like right here with me speaking, it's urging you to begin to do more rituals, specifically land honoring, ancestral honoring rituals with sacred tobacco by you getting in more of a communing and working ritualistically this way. And also just simply by the scent and by holding and remembering the energetics that sacred tobacco holds, it's going to massively help um, completely alleviate that questioning of worthiness that might still sometimes like spark up back inside of you. Do you have currently any sacred tobacco? No, I do not. 
Okay. So maybe when we wrap, I'll send you a link to a couple of places that you can get some uh, really beautiful tobacco from. And uh, I would urge you to get it as soon as possible so that while you're in Colombia, you can do. So it, it can be simple as starting first speak to the tobacco, ask it how it wants to be worked with, how it wants to commune with your ancestors, with the land. So see what messages come in there first, but it can be as simple as you going outside <clears throat> and speaking to your lineage, speaking to your ancestors and a way of honoring them and thanking them and acknowledging them is by giving tobacco to the land, you know, to the first footprints, the initial footprints of the first peoples that walked across the land that you and your family are now inhabiting. This practice alone is going to be a huge expander for you. Let me see if he has anything else to say. <clears throat> He's saying that you can work with it. He took me to his antennas. And he's saying he can also help strengthen your communication line with spirit. One second. Oh, okay. He, okay. So he, he's, he's laughing the grasshopper is laughing and he's like one way I can help, you know, to do two things at once for him is the playfulness aspect and the spirit clear uh, connection with spirit aspect it's asking you when you want to practice getting in stronger connection with spirit to envision yourself as the grasshopper and like putting a grasshopper mask on and allowing your grasshopper antennas to stretch and reach until you feel them connected into the center point of source consciousness and into great spirit. Um, and that's going to allow you doing this work to feel, you know, lighter, sillier, maybe even bring a smile to your face. Cause as you're doing it, you're like, am I really doing this? Am I really like pretending to put a grasshopper mask on and take my grasshopper antennas up to great spirit? Yes, I really am. Um, so yeah, like this, this animal is really here for you. It's been waiting to work with you. It has a lot of secrets to share with you. A lot of medicine. I would advise you, it could potentially be a core. I don't want to tune into that. I really want you to trust yourself in uncovering that. So I would advise you to, I'll send you the shamanic journey. And I would advise you to call this grasshopper forward because it's a very strong ally for you, if not core and to call it forward, to ask it yourself and to continue working with it. But this, this is a creature that wants to be with you on a regular basis and can help you unlock uh, a lot of basically your capacity to take a lot of new massive leaps forward into new layers of abundance for your life and yourself. That's incredible. And I just wanted to share quickly a personal thing that happened with the grasshopper. I remember it was around a couple months ago or yeah, not too long ago um, when we had just booked the episode with you and I was learning about the power animals book and I was walking my dog in Bogota, you know, this city, you know, you don't see any animals a lot <laughs> around here. And I was wearing a white sweater and I was walking my dog with my mom. She can attest to this. And all of a sudden I just feel like something land on my right shoulder and I look, and it's literally a grasshopper uh, just 
landed on me from I don't know where because we were, you know, we were there was some trees, but we were literally in the middle of a city. Um, and he just landed there, he or she. And I walked with it for, you know, half a mile. It didn't, didn't come off. It just stayed there until for a second we had to take a leaf and like gently put it in a safe place and then kept walking. But that's incredible that that happened. And I didn't really give too much meaning uh, to that situation. But now that you're bringing this up, it makes a lot of sense and it's connecting a lot of dots too. Yeah, you got yourself a very strong, wise, capable grasshopper friend. I love that you shared that story. It's like doesn't surprise me at all. How about how long ago did you say that was? I would say no more than two months ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's been trying to get your attention, my friend. It has. <laughs> and it came back in loud and clear. Like he kept hopping in. Like I said, there were other animals presenting, but he was the one most persist- persistent. He was like, no, I need to speak today. Like he needs to hear what I have to say. So grasshopper it is. Cool, cool, cool. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Would you like for me to see if there's an animal that wants to come in for a message for the collective? Yes, please. Please, I appreciate that. Okay, so yeah, that one came in right away. It's taking me to Koi and it's also taking me, it's like there's something in the book for Koi. I know it's uh, part of the message is pertaining to the urging for more people to work with their ancestors and ancestral medicine. Let me see. Thank God my book is in alphabetical order. (laughs) Okay, so um, I don't know if you share the video, but if you do for those watching, just you can get the Koi uh, transmission Mm. from the art. There we have it. It's one of my favorites. So beautiful. beautiful So keyword attributes for Koi, ease and grace, deeper consciousness, Zen, passion, meditation, honoring ancestors, prosperity, and healthy friendships. Uh, And it says when to work with me, work with Koi when you need to, when you need more peace and calm, when you want to have a stronger meditative practice when you want to connect with your ancestors, when you want to appreciate or invite in more meaningful friendships, and when you want financial success and wealth. And then below are the energy medicine messages. And each animal usually has anywhere from five to nine messages. So I'm just going to tune in intuitively and see uh, which one the koi wants me to say aloud. Mm. If you are in a transformative phase and truly believe in the new direction you want to go, I activate the ability to keep swimming, even when the current is against you. So I know there are a lot of people uh, that are encountering pretty strong initiations right now, maybe even rites of passage, basically in essence, big transformational times where you're really being thrust into a place to go deeper than ever before to get clear on what is your truth? What is true for you? What is right for you? What is an alignment for you? Like going deeper than ever before, um, to unearth the answers to these questions. And I think Koi came in 
to be to be in a supporter role for these transformational times. So if you are in those places I was just describing, call in Koi to, to help you. It says, I activate the ability to keep swimming, even if you feel the current is against you. So even if you feel like these initiations, these fires are just like tiring, exhausting, like you just don't want to hold the line going forward. You might want to, you feel like feelings of giving up, call in Koi to give you some strengthening support. Let me see if there's another message. Hmm. If you're ready to create a deeper connection with the wisdom of your ancestors, call upon me to assist. And so, yeah, it's like, it is so nice, you know, just, um, this past week I sat with all women in a red tent ceremony. It's an ancient, uh, ceremony where, uh, I mean, a lot of things go on in there, but one aspect that I feel compelled to share is, you know, we speak our names and we speak, you know, the great grandmothers that we come from, the grandmothers that we come from, the mother that we come from. If we have siblings, we speak the names of the children. If we birth children or the names of the miscarried children that didn't come into full earthly uh, actualization, but maybe we had a name for them. And in that night in that tent, you know, all I could see every time I closed my eyes were like everyone's ancestors, just like all in that tent with us, all outside of that tent. And there, it really is a deepening time um, where our ancestors are urging for us to connect. They, they're also waiting to support us um, and to provide guidance and, and strengthening support. And it's important that we acknowledge them and speak their names. You know, um, sometimes when we do the ceremonial practices, there are people that are like, wow, I actually don't even know my great grandmother's name this is important to know I'm going to figure this out. So it's like, even if it's just that one piece of you learning um, an ancestor's name that you didn't know up until that moment, there's big medicine in there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that resonates a lot. Also my personal journey being a bit in the shadows of, of the past history of my family and where we came from. Like I know, um, I have blue eyes, but none of my parents do. And that's because we had ancestors from Austria that came to Colombia. So, and I don't really know too much about that story. And it's really interesting when you start asking questions. And I feel like that's a great, great message uh, right now for people. Yes. Um, uh-huh. Allison, I wanted to wrap up. Um, before we leave off, we have what we call the final trio. It's just this segment in the podcast where I ask either intuitive questions or questions that I prepared before that are super rapid fire. You can answer them in a word or in a sentence, however long you feel called to. Uh, But before that, I wanted to tell people that, you know, they might not be fully tuned into this capacity that you have to bring in the animals in your visions and things like that. And I think it's a great thing that you are creating now the animal power deck. Uh, I've recently started working with Oracle cards and things like that. So just if you want to tell people what that animal deck is, where they can find it and also Hmm. where they can connect with you a little further. Yeah, here she is. There we go. That's the front for anyone watching. We got the Mm. snail on the side. We got the jellyfish on the side. Mm. We got our macaw friends on the bottom, the snake on the top. 
Yeah. Leopard on the front, um, animal power deck, 75 animals to awaken your personal magic. And it honestly goes together so seamlessly and beautifully. It was designed, you know, I knew, um, when I was speaking to different publishing houses that it was a combo pack for me. It's like the instruction to do animal power book and deck came in together. Uh, so I wanted to work with a publisher who also wanted to hold that same vision. Um, so yeah, having both the, the larger, animal power book as a reference guide. And then the divination deck, it's like, you'll see if you get them both, how they, they, they weave together so beautifully. So animal power book is available now anywhere books are sold. You, when, if you go to my website, um, and get it, you, that's where you can also get that free shamanic journey. And then animal power deck. I'm not sure when our interview will be out, but it, the deck will be out August 16th. Um, again, you can get it anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or your independent bookstores always love to support those. Uh, and yeah, it's a divination deck, you know, again, like in the way I like to guide and teach, it's like, I always like to put the empowerment back on the other. I, I never want someone to feel dependent upon me or dependent upon another shaman or another spiritual teacher. It's like, I want to continue to point the empowerment back to them. So for my deck, I didn't want there to be a lot of strict, rigid rules. And like, you have to lay the cards out this way and you have to pull this many cards. It's a free flowing, intuitive guided divination deck. So, you know, in the morning, if you feel like pulling one card, great. And maybe you feel like carrying that card in your purse all day. If you feel as you're working with the deck, you know, I, I often, um, as you're setting the intention for what you know, what question you're asking of the deck. I usually like to knock on the top of the deck three times and then start to shuffle and see what cards jump out or which ones you intuitively feel guided to pull out. But maybe one day you feel like pulling out five and sending those five at your altar. And maybe upon reading what the booklet has to say about them, you realize like, oh, wow, I need to work with these five guides for a while. And maybe they live at your altar for two months. And it's like, that's your team for a while. But it's like learning this deck is infused with energetics to help teach you how to trust yourself and to work with the power animals. I love that. And, and Oracle cards in general have been fascinating me for a while. For someone who wants to connect with you further, you mentioned your website, any other resource where you would send them to, to learn more about you or connect with you? Yeah. I mean, I am present on social media. I, on Instagram, I am at, I am Allison Charles and Allison is A-L-Y-S-O-N. I am Allison Charles. I do have a TikTok. It's, um, sh shaman Allison Charles. I haven't made a TikTok in a while, but I do have a presence there. Um, and yeah, and Ceremony Circle podcast. I always forget to talk yes. about my podcast. It's really powerful. I have incredible guests. We close each episode with the embodied teacher sharing a healing practice or ritual that you can immerse into live real time at the end of every episode. Uh, so yeah, that's called Ceremony Circle and that's, you know, everywhere, Spotify, Apple, all the things. So yeah, I'd love to meet your soul fam. Incredible. Allison, the final trio um, oh, right. As yes. I told you, very rapid fire. However, you feel called to answer. The first one that I have for you is what are you stepping out of and what are you stepping into? Oh, yeah. Stepping out of old, stagnated, stuck energetics and into whole new life and breath. Love that. And if you would 
want to tap into a final message from our brothers and sisters in the animal kingdom, what would they have to say to humanity right now? Well, let's see. Let me hold. This is what I personally do with my book. I hold Animal Power Book up to my heart center. Breathe with it. Get in relation with it. And then let's ask which power animal wants to come forward right now to share a final closing message for humanity. And I'm just going to flip through intuitively till here. Oh, this is hilarious. I opened to my own leech story. (laughs) That is so funny. The leeches make a final appearance. So (laughs) let let me tell you what some of you. I know it's like, do not fear me. I am kind. Some of the healing attributes of leech detoxification, reverence for nature. That feels very important. Lineage healing. We've also touched on that hidden value, alchemy, and new life force. I feel like the new life force out of all those keyword attributes, the reverence for nature and new life force really like gave me the most potent punch when I read them aloud. So yeah, as your Let's see. So who came in? Koi came in to assist in that like initiation, like, oh, I'm tired. Oh, I don't know if I can do this. Oh, I might want to give up moment to call upon Koi for strengthening support there. And then as you're transcending through that phase, call upon Leech to continue to activate that new life force moving forward. So how cool. I always love the combinations of animals that present, you know, it's like you got your grasshopper, then we have Koi and Leech to work with as a collective. So that's really cool mix. Awesome. And the final, final question is for you. uh, What final message or nugget of wisdom would you have for the youth or the next generation of leaders that will be creating the new paradigms on the new earth? Mm. I mean, the first thing that came in is like, and there's another piece that I'll, I'll dip into, but um, yeah, I mean, just even when we popped on screen together, like I just, I was thinking to myself, wow, like, you know, you said you're 23. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, holy crap. So I'm 20 years older than you. I still feel your age in a lot of respects. Like I still <laughs> feel like I'm in my twenties, but um, I'm definitely not. My one gray hair I found the other day tells me otherwise. I was like, no, what just is pluck that? It out. It's not there. <laughs> I was, I know. I was like, oh my gosh, it was a really long one too. It's somewhere That's still a wisdom there. hair. Yes, it is. It is. I am honoring that. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm, it, really makes my heart so happy. It astounds me because I I don't remember the exact age that I had my spiritual awakening, but it was much after 23. And I'm, you know, looking at you and hearing, you know, that you've already had various spiritual awakenings and you're already leaning in and speaking to like all these renowned global teachers and elders. And I'm just like, oh, wow, you have such a head start on so many people. So it gives me such an effervescent and illuminated hope that I know you're not alone. I know there's, yeah, that younger generation is like leaning into this work and this way of walking their earth walk. And there's more accessibility into it, right? Like, you know, when our parents were little, they, there wasn't shaman, Allison Charles on TikTok. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's like, you guys are able to, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of scary, you know, 
frightening unembodied spiritual stuff out there too, which you have to be very mindful um, and aware of, but yeah, it's like, you guys have access to learning about these ways at your fingertips and instantaneously. So that's so beautiful, but to really answer your question, that was just my thought when we first started, (laughs) let me dip into if there's a message. Ah, it's, it's, it's funny. It's trusting your heart. And that's something that you seem to be um, really diligently uh, embodying and, and making a primary priority for you as well. And I would urge others to, as well, it's like, um, you know, there, there can be an easy pull into the external, into the material, into all the illusion of all the stuff and things. Um, but truly, if you want to live the most miracle-filled, mind-blowing, awe-inducing, multifaceted, spirit-connected, holy shit, is this really my life? This is incredible kind of life. It's, it's the heart-centered, heart-led life because in the center of our heart is where our highest intelligence and most potent intuition lives. And when you are connected in there and living from that place, like all is always all well, when you're living from there, I'll just close by saying, you know, again, giving deep honor and thanks and reverence to my guides that woke me up that day and intervened to course correct me, because I can honestly say, like, if I were to transition to the other realms right now, I, I feel so complete. Like I, I want to continue to live because I want to have a child with this hot husband I have. And like, (laughs) I have other things that I want to do, but my point is through answering my calling and through walking the shamanic path, I have just lived the most incredible, rich, wild life. I have just accessed so much experienced so much, learned so much self-explored and, and, and expanded so much, um, that, yeah, if, if I were to, to transition right now, I'd be like, wow, like I would give myself a hearty pat on the back and be like, damn, Allison, like you gave it your all you did as much as you could with the purest heart that you could. Holy shit. What an incredible ride. Well done. Um, and that's due to me being in relation to great mother earth, my own soul, getting in unification with my own soul and heart and great spirit. So yeah, living from that place, it is a most wild, miraculous ride. (laughs) Yes. And if I may, from my generation to yours, I'd also love to pat you on the back because you are changing the world with your work, with your energy, healing, um, with your story. So I really, really appreciate the time that we shared today, Allison, from the heart. Thank you so much for sharing all this beautiful, beautiful wisdom. And I can't wait to keep in touch and maybe do this again in a near future. Yeah, that would be beautiful. Yeah, it was so nice to connect with you. Thank you again for having me and just, you know, just always being so honoring along the way, whether it was through your DMs, through your emails, like always with such thoughtfulness, consciousness, reverence, mindfulness, like 
that's why I said, yes, you know, I was just like, wow, you know, I want to meet and not to call you a kid, but I want to meet this kid. I want to meet this guy, like just at your age to have that level of respect and conscious awareness. Um, it's truly appreciated because I have been digging in many a trenches for many of years doing, you know, um, a lot of, a lot of tough work. So thank you for acknowledging that and being so honoring. Yeah, I received that and that's very humbling coming from you. Appreciate mm -hmm. it so much, Allison. Uh-huh. What's up, guys? That is it for today. Allison Charles, the rock star shaman. She's truly a pioneer that's bridging ancient wisdom to the masses. It was incredible to hear her personal shamanic journey, listen to how she encourages us to activate our spiritual abilities, which we all have. And also something that wasn't very common was this concept of connecting with the animal guides and connecting back with nature. I just wanted to, before we leave off, read the mantra that she asks us to say if we want to receive guidance from the animal realm and it says sacred power animal realm i feel your presence i feel the call to more deeply connect and i invite you to communicate and connect with me even more fully now i am open to receive your guidance so i hope you take that away with you and you start dabbling in these concepts and meeting your animal guides and doing all these things to truly step into your power um she also said that true alchemy is going from fear to love so that's something that we can also take with us always we're all the alchemists of our life I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'll be putting out new weekly episodes now with conversations with some of the greatest teachers in the world that will help transform your life. Subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. And if you got something from this conversation, make sure to send this to a friend, a group of people that would be interested in going deep down the rabbit hole on all these concepts on personal development, spirituality, health, wellness, mindset, everything in between. Really appreciate you guys and I'll see you next time. Peace. Hey fam, I wanna thank you again for tuning in and sitting by the fire with us. I have truly poured my whole heart and soul into setting a safe, and authentic ceremony space for you in every single Ceremony Circle podcast episode. And as we are now more than 65 episodes in, if any one of these shows has uplifted you, benefited you, inspired you, taught you something new, I would greatly appreciate with all of my heart you taking the 10 seconds it takes to positively rate Ceremony Circle on Apple and Spotify podcasts and even share a sentence about why you've been enjoying it so much in the reviews. I really believe in this sacred practice of reciprocity. And as I have given so much these last two seasons, I deeply appreciate feeling some love sent back my way so I can keep this valuable, transformational content coming to you for many seasons to come. Much love.